Welcome to the Dream Job Hack Podcast, where I teach senior career professionals just how to leverage your expertise and personal brand, along with my recruiting industry insider experience that will help you land your dream job opportunity. My name is Lindsay Mustine, and I am your host. All right, welcome to Dream Job Hack. I am so excited to introduce my guest today. Her name is Emily Wren, and she is a HR manager turned recruiter turned entrepreneur to help companies find the best talent. So I want to kind of tell you the backstory here, Emily. I feels like this is just a funny thing that happened recently. Um, so one of the things I'm kind of known for is how important networking is, how important networking is. And I had somebody who came to me and said, I need help. I'm transitioning out of the military. What recommendations do you have? And she was an HR person. And she was one of the people that really took networking to the next level and connected with me as a person versus just spraying your resume out there and hoping somebody will care enough to do something about it. Um, and I ended up sharing that story, which is where you come in, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, you shared it on LinkedIn and I saw it and I was actually looking for a person to replace me in my last HR position. And so I said, oh, well, she's getting a great testimony. You know, Lindsay is saying, hey, this is a great person. Obviously, Lindsay has already spoken to her. You know, I valued what you, you know, the, the things that you put on LinkedIn. I always followed you and thought that you brought value to my LinkedIn page. And so I said, oh, well, if this is someone Lindsay's putting her name behind, then this is someone that I should bring to my organization. And so I ended up connecting with her and she got the job and, you know, she kind of replaced me at that organization. So, um, so that allowed you to take your HR role into recruiting. So it's been a, a little bit of time now since then. Yeah. And, so, and the point here now is how, one, I want to say how important networking is. But I think what Emily is also trying to say is that uh, posting a job is not necessarily the best way to find talent. Nope. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't even post that job when I was looking to replace myself because I was getting into the recruiting world. And so I just kind of started doing the networking thing. I didn't post an ad because when you, um, you know, the phrase is post and pray, and I just wasn't finding value in that. And that is why I, that is almost the whole reason why I jumped into the recruiting world because I found so much value when I was doing things like a recruiter that I was getting better talent. I was actually connecting with people. It was almost as if when they wanted to have a conversation with me, with me it was because they were truly interested in the job and not just reading things online saying, oh, I could do that, right? And I think oh, that's how I can do it mindset. I think that's why people like 80% of a positions applicants don't actually meet the minimum qualifications. Right. Right. That I can do it. I, you know, and then you actually get to have a conversation with someone and you realize, you know, either they can or either they can't, or maybe their resume isn't that great when you get it. But after having the conversation, you know, I got a job that way, um, you know, by just having a conversation, maybe my resume wasn't the greatest or didn't say everything that I could do, but by having that conversation with a recruiter is how I got a job. So, you know, I was getting out of HR, jumping into recruiting. I found a lot of value with just connecting with people. I would send them a message on LinkedIn and I was an HR manager at the time, just sending a message saying, Hey, you are, you know, you're an engineer. I'm looking for a mechanical engineer. You know, are you open to opportunities? 
Um, or, you know, and at the time I didn't quite know exactly what I was doing. I was just kind of trying something different from an HR perspective because I was getting nothing from posting jobs. So, you know, it was kind of just out of pure need that I started doing things kind of like a recruiter does and it ended up working out really, really well for us. So I love that. Well, let's see here. I think I want to say, um, that, Within, so what did Bethany say when she got her job offer? She said, within two weeks uh, of me sharing her story, I had interviewed with several companies and received a job offer. And it turns out it was Emily's replacement, which I had not connected the dots. So I had a testimonial and I knew Emily. So I just found it really ironic that recruiting, really the power play in recruiting is when you use networking. It's both on the candidate side and on the recruiter side. So I think about what my job was really at Amazon and it was to help identify when I first started, help identify the best talent and that talent, of course, we had to post a job. We had government requirements. We have to post that job. But do you know where I first went? I first went to what we call our talent pools. I would go look at people who had applied before who might have a stronger match. I would go and look online, specifically LinkedIn or do x-ray search strings on Google to unearth the best talent because the best talent isn't usually people who are blasting off applications that don't actually meet the requirements of the job. We have created this idea that we've made applying so easy. And what you get in is that garbage in garbage out, right? Like you put out a generic job description, you're going to get crap applications. Right. And we're telling all of these candidates, you know, match your keywords with your resume, match your keywords with your resume, but then they're matching crap keywords from a crap posting and hoping for the best. And then it gets on the other end. And, you know, I don't know how many people know, but a lot of the applicant tracking systems rank resumes, right? So the one that I had, you would get an A, B, C or less, right? It wouldn't even give you a D or F. It would just like, (laughs) like ABCs, right? And so, you know, who, who's to say, you know, then when you're looking at that resume uh, from an HR perspective, if it's not an A or a B, why would I want to look at it? Yeah. Because it's that mindset of it just comes in and it, oh, it's an A, so it must be the best one. And then you get into the habit of only looking at those A's or B's and not even focusing on the rest when in reality, you could have your perfect candidate in that other pile, but maybe because their resume isn't, you know, matching exactly, or maybe it's because it's not, you know, that perfect keywords said exactly like you're posting, which is just a job description, which is a whole nother topic that we could get into. But we'll um, definitely come back to that one because that is one of my major. Yes. Oh, I can't. <laughs> I can't stand it. Drives me nuts. But. But, you know, it's that thing where you, you're having that bias of the, you know, my, my computer is telling me that this is not an A candidate, so it must not be an A candidate, when in reality, you're just looking at words on a piece of paper. You're not talking to the person. You know, you're not getting to know that person and networking with it, and, and you're not even looking at if someone's not a, a A or B candidate. And it's, you know, it's unfortunate because I think a lot of really qualified candidates are relying on applying to jobs and hoping for the best and hoping that they get a call back when, you know, it's not that they're not qualified. It's that they're not being, it's not even being looked at. And that's unfortunate. Yeah. So I asked you before we started, I asked, why do you think HR is failing to hire the best people? And what did you tell me? 
Because they're taking the people part out of it, which is the best part. Yeah, we've forgotten into this numbers game, right? Create easy apply, create, in fact, I was looking at the agenda for a recruiting conference recently and they're like, how can I get more applicants? And I'm like, you are compounding an issue that is already a problem. Right. Um, because we, we try to create these easy, easy ends and that barrier actually helps if you had a little more of a decent, you'd have a decent application pool, but also the bias of when you, because what I've seen a lot of applicants with tracking systems, I've worked with just about everything that's out there. So either it comes in and you just like, you're in the virtual stack or it comes in and it ranks you in some way. Usually percentage match is what I've seen. Or if you yeah. were matching up and you get like a gold star. And let me just tell you the correlation between my, in my experience, this is not scientific, is that the gold star is never equated to that. Never. It's when I talk to the human, right? the person, that's when I can really determine it. But when we have this boatload of applications, how it really works is that we have to go through and sort those, right? We have to sort them in a way. If we put an algorithm in there that says by relevancy or ranking, that's a, a equal opportunity for us to screen. So we typically we do it. So that means we can take only B's or higher because that's a systematic approach. It's not pick, cherry picking. Or if I take only the first 100, 100, maybe 20 applications, which is why you should apply early if you ever choose to apply, which you shouldn't. If I'm clear, you should not apply. Um, that goes against everything I'm trying to tell you here. But right, right. We, if you do that, then you don't, you, if you haven't keyword matched and you haven't been fast, like there's so many things that can go wrong. And if 80% of the people are, that are in there are not any good, do you see how we've compounded an issue like time and time again, this is a problem. So the, I think the big thing here is that we, we have this post and pray methodology and so do candidates. They just pray. It goes in and that somebody will look at them. Which is unfortunate that, you know, you're going to a recruiter conference and they're worried about getting more applicants because they should worry about getting the qualified ones, right? Because I was helping a friend post a position for an insurance, like CSR, right? Mm -hmm. And I made the ad awesome. It said the personality. I mean, I actually did post, I did post an ad because it wasn't for my business. It was for them. I was helping them out, but I kind of did all of it on their background, but through their system. And I mean, the candidates that came in just were not qualified, right? So I don't want to get more of unqualified. I want to get more, I want to just get qualified. If I have five candidates and they're all qualified, then I'm ahead of the game rather than getting 50 candidates and having to look, like you said, look through it all and sort through it all. Like that takes a lot more time than picking up the phone and talking to those five candidates to find out if I want to bring one in. Yes. Agreed. There needs to be something that gives people a fairer chance, especially if, so the average is one out of 27 applications you're going to get an interview for. That wow. is 3.7% chance of success. And I'm like, if you had, you went, you were sick and they were like, here's some medicine. It has a 3.7% chance of, of survival. Would you like, would you take it? Would you take it? This is, this is what we do. We're like, okay, another one. I'm going to spend 13 and a half hours trying to get that one job. So you're telling me there's a chance and that's unfortunate, right? When you could spend your time networking and getting out there. Spend 13 and a half hours networking and you'll get 10 times the Oh, work. easily. Yeah. So um, I also, the last thing here I, is one of the points you made, which is that you should be networking. And in particular, 
we were asking, talking about like, when's the last time you applied to a job? And for me, like that was 2001. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. I mean, I, now don't get me wrong. I have gone through, like, I go through spurts where I'm like, oh, I've got to get back into HR and I don't, but I go through spurts. So I'll apply for jobs, but I have not received a job or an interview in through applying for jobs ever. I have never applied for a job. I've always either used a recruiter or used networking. And that is the only way I have received a job from anywhere. Even just a couple months ago, I was thinking I needed to get back into HR. And I didn't tell you this story earlier, but I was thinking I needed to get back into HR. And so rather than applying to a job with a local company, I went to someone I know who works there and said, hey, your company has a position. You know I've done HR for many, many years. You know, is there someone that you would think that I should talk to? And sure enough, a couple days later, I think it was actually the next day, I got a call from them because she had sent me information to them about, you know, me being interested in the position. So, you know, even just as recent as a couple months ago, I mean, yes, I, I have my own business, but, you know, we all go through our phases of needing to get back into, you know, different things. So, but I, I got back into it and I, I didn't even, even then it wasn't, apply it wasn't applying by a job it was just networking it was just who i knew and reaching out to the right people and not being you know not sending her my resume as soon as i spoke with her but you know she knew who i was and she knew what i did and you know even then it paid off for me yes and i don't i think that when you lead with an ask it's the hardest thing possible so if you come to networking and you're like hi i barely know you can you do something for me super super difficult um that's why like zero to 10% response rate on LinkedIn is normal for most people. And it's because they're like, hey, can you do, like my networking is actually me making an ass to you. It's not actually networking. And networking should be, I kind of hate the word networking. It should be relationship building. Like I asked Emily to be on this and we have been around in the same circle even before I knew about Bethany. I was was telling my friend, he's like, well, how do you know, Lindsay? Like, what are you doing today? You know, I was just going through what I was doing today. And so it was like, well, we've kind of been in the same circles for a really long time and we haven't really even spoken that much, but I feel like I know her and vice versa. Then, you know, we, we, there was the pod or the, the webinar thing that you and Casey did that I was on there and just like giggling with you guys. And it's like, I feel like I know you, but I just, we haven't had that conversation, but you know, we've, we've been talking and chatting and getting to know each other different ways for a long time. And I mean, it started really with the whole Bethany thing and I was following you and then, you know, she, you know, you put her up as a candidate and it kind of just went from there. So it's kind of crazy. I love it. I think it's, it's so awesome because it's exactly what we're trying to say is like the world here. It's not just like me, like in theory, I think about the jobs I've gotten, the jobs you've gotten, the people I've helped get jobs and how I teach teams how to recruit, which is not going through the applicant tracking system because the best talent isn't applying. The best talent is out there doing good jobs someplace else. Exactly. You want to do this. This is why I'm like, you should be counting on your employee referral program to bring you the majority of your hires. You should be counting on that. Yeah. And I tell my companies, don't, don't reach out to me to help you find something until your team has tried, because I'm not going to go and get all, I'm not going to try and go get all those applicants that you guys have already received an application for. I want to go out and get the people you can't find. Right. So it's, 
you know, you guys try first and then call me, but you know, it's, you're right. The, the people who are the best at what they do are not out there applying and, and hoping to hear back. They're out doing so. Yes, absolutely. So the last thing you said was that it's really important to think about your networking. And if you really want to get in with people who know the right people, it's recruiters. Yeah. Tell me yeah. It's, it's true. I mean, I, I've gotten most of two, my first job and my second job, you know, I worked at one company for 10 years. I got it through a recruiter. I got my second HR job um, completely through a recruiter. And so, you know, getting to know recruiters, but I think there's a big misconception between getting to know a recruiter by connecting with them and then sending them your resume and hoping that they can help you and actually getting to know someone. So an example I have is I have a candidate that I've connected with on LinkedIn. I think he actually connected with me first. But anyways, we've just been chatting and I am actively trying to get him to take a job with one of my companies, but it's not, you know, it's, I mean, I always give him kind of joke around with him like, yeah, come move to Ormond Beach. It's a great area. You've got to move down here. And he's like, yeah, yeah, Emily, I'm not moving to Ormond Beach. You know what I mean? But like, it's all happened because of the relationship. He reached out to me on LinkedIn. He has really good content. Um, you know, I really like what he's posting. He likes my stuff. We've kind of engaged with each other on LinkedIn that way. And, you know, it's just developed. And he's, if I have a position in Miami, he knows who he is. If I have a position in Miami, like he's the first person that I would call based solely off the fact that we connected on LinkedIn and have been communicating for probably six months to a year now on just getting to know each other yeah and, and in the forefront of my head you see, know that's amazing. like if somebody's ready to advocate for you like that is the best strongest position i'll give you an example of incredible networking i have a coach on my team she's part-time and she was looking um and a friend came to me recently and he's a recruiting leader and he said i'm looking for somebody and i was like well you know tell me a little bit more and i was like i have the perfect person for you so i sent her on she got an amazing job offer. We helped negotiate salary. And so she's getting to do this. And that is because she'd already been looking. She'd already been looking, but she wasn't really networking. She wasn't truly networking. And the first time she really tried this, even though she knows better, we tended to go to things that we were like, you know, you think this is the thing that's going to work, even though you kind of know it doesn't, but it's easier. It's easier. Oh, it's, that's, a, that's a really good point because we do things because it's easier. You know, it's easier to spend 15, 20 minutes on one application, even though it's, we know it's not really going to work, right? We know we have that, what did you say? 3.6 chance of it actually turning into something, but that's the easiest way than actually putting yourself out there to communicate with people. That is from a psychological standpoint, probably more difficult than just, you know, I'm just going to click and apply. Um, but now we do something now. I don't have time to network, right? Or I assault people, which is what I like to call when you're like, Hey, hi, nice to meet you. Here's what I need from you. Like that's right. Right. Assaulting them and coming with an ask is such a great way to like, Hey, I will never do anything for you because you didn't bother to get to know me, but it's way better to have a handful of people around here because the recruiting world is so small. It is so tiny. It is. And you know, it's so funny because, and I, I think there's a lot of value in getting to know people who are like, I love my other recruiter friends. I love them. You know what I mean? And we network with each other and we troubleshoot with each other. And, you know, we have, we've even gone as far as saying like, Hey, if you've got somebody in this, like, you know, let me know because I've got, you know, we kind of like build each other up with our candidates too, right. Or troubleshoot candidate issues or troubleshoot company issues 
And so there are some really, really awesome recruiters out there that are truly trying to just help. But unfortunately, we can't help everyone. But it is a small, small group of, you know, you think there's recruiters everywhere. Everybody thinks that recruiters are like flying off the shelves and, you know, there's recruiters for everything, but it is a small world out there. It is a small, chronically understaffed. Usually someone is managing between three and 6,000 candidates. Any given recruiter, just based on an average rec load of 20 to 40 positions and the number of people who apply, like they're doing a lot of heavy work. So I guess I would ask you, What's something that you can do to stand out to a recruiter? You know, I really, I really enjoy, let me just use my personal experience with candidates. I enjoy when candidates, even if they send me a message on LinkedIn, just saying, Hey, that post you made, like it, it, I really liked it. You know, like it really resonated me because I've worked for the same company for 30 years and you know, it's been an up and down or whatever the post of the day or, you know, the post that I make that resonated with them, even if they're not comfortable putting it on my page, it's always nice to receive that message of, Hey, you know, thanks for posting that. I really appreciated it because then it gets me in the mindset of, Oh, you know, great. You thought you found value. And then I typically will respond back with a question for them. Like, how long have you been there? Do you, you know, it is tricky or, you know, telling them a story and we kind of start that chat on the side. Um, I actually have a recruiter who was the recruiter at one of my old companies who last week sent me a message saying, Hey, do you ever have time to just like have a conversation with me? Um, you know, I would just love to have a conversation with you. And she's not asking for anything. She's just asking to have a conversation because she has followed me on LinkedIn for a while and enjoys what I say. And she's kind of engaged with me a little bit that way. And so Really, it's just starting a conversation and it is awkward. I mean, especially if you're not someone who's, you know, I work a lot with engineers. Engineers aren't necessarily known for being (laughs) people, right? Like, we know that. So, but, you know, just kind of starting a conversation and not, not sending your resume immediately, not trying to like ask for anything, just a pure conversation. And I really think that's the best way to do it. You're so right. I like to say that we never, like, even in my um, mantra for my, my, or manifesto for my clients, the one thing we say is we give before we take. And some people are like, what do I give? Do I give my time? And I'm like, your relationship, your friendship, and you caring about another human, that is a gift. That's a gift. So she does, she is kind of asking for time. I would say that like, but the thing is she gave, she gave before she asked for. Right. I will say, you know, she's asking now, but we, we have chatted for months, right? She's no longer. It's just meeting with a friend, right? Right. right. Yeah. Like me asking you to be here is an ask, but right. we have a relationship. Right. So. Like, you sent me that message and I'm like, yes, I will. And I started like right up. <laughs> like, is there a chance to actually talk to her? Yep, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It was like the first one I opened on the first day. I was dead. I was so excited when you were saying I'm doing it Monday. (laughs) I was so happy because this is the kind of thing, like the relationships you build here are the things that will get you further ahead. If you look at people who get hired into companies and you had no idea that job was even open, you know how they got it? It happened with conversations that happened totally offline, okay? Absolutely. Because we will fast track those people. We will post something as is required by the government for a certain period of time, but you really want to do have relationships and recruiters. I want to also get, dispel the myth that most 
recruiters are doing the best that they can. I feel like recruiters get dinged a lot on LinkedIn and most of us are just doing the best we can. There are some people who don't care. That's going to be really true. I think that's in HR. Yeah. yeah, there's people that don't care, but most of us came into this because we believed in helping people yeah. and we're here for the time when we can make the call to that candidate that's going to change their life when we give them a job offer and they're crying and screaming and accepting. That's what I lived for. Yeah, it is the best feeling ever. It so it makes all the no's we have to say worth it for that one reason. And we want to say yes to those people, but the people who do this, the best, the ones who are getting the best job offers, they are not going through the traditional means. So nope. I like to use Dave Ramsey's things. He's like, if you want a life like any, like unlike anyone else, you need to be unlike anyone else. By networking, by relationship building, you do that. And Absolutely. I know you know this, but it's like the networking happens when you, doesn't happen. It becomes a transaction when you're like, Hey, I like what you're saying. Can you meet with me? Like, that's not enough. Like build a relationship, build a rapport. If you would give that person 20 bucks, this is the $20 rule. If you give that person 20 bucks and you don't expect them to pay it back and you don't even care, then right. that's when you can ask them to exactly. meet with you or have a conversation. You've got to have that. Okay. Well, is there any last words you would say? Um, no, I just think, you know, the only thing that, you know, when you said that, I think people have this worry, right? Because they're putting themselves out there to network. It takes, you know, it's kind of uncomfortable at first to like, especially when you have all these other social media sites where it's, you know, kind of not cool to slide into the DMs. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of got that bad connotation that you're like, you know, trying to get something or, you know, be creepy. I guess. And, you know, there are creepy people on LinkedIn. Like, don't get me wrong about that. But I think that especially on LinkedIn, it's a totally different world, right? Like it is a networking site. We are there to network. You know, nobody signs up for LinkedIn and says, oh, I'm just going to sign up. Well, I guess some people do because I've still seen LinkedIn's on private, but, um, <laughs> which, but, like, why? <laughs> like, what do you have that for, for your friends to know what you do for work? Like, but anyways, I think it's, you know, with LinkedIn, especially people shouldn't be afraid to just message and say hello and start up a conversation because that's what that social network is for. You know, it's not an Instagram. It's not a Facebook. It is not something where people are trying to hide it and keep it separate. Like we are on it. We are active for a reason. Um, and I think that that's super important because, you know, with social media these days, people are becoming more private in some aspects. And I think LinkedIn is the one place that it's still kind of like a safe zone to get out there and talk to people. Um, yeah. And I think that's important to, to mention because I think people still worry about starting up a conversation with someone, right? Yes. And if you have a question whether or not you should start someone up, see if they've posted, if they've created an article or if they've posted, that is a, like them saying, I'm putting myself out there. And we do that because we want recognition for what we do. Like we, I don't post anything and hope that no one sees it. I post it because I hope it helps somebody. And if you're right. going to with me, I'm going to be really interested. And Casey, you already mentioned him. No yeah. idea who he was. Yeah. He just started interacting with me on yeah. chats. Now, like we are really close and, yeah. and you guys are really close. Like it's yeah. just, these things happen because we have those relationships and it comes Absolutely. from being brave enough. So five seconds of insane courage for you to press send. Yeah. Comment. And right. that's it. That's it. It's yeah. not as difficult as it seems to be. People seem to think, what is it that we should say? And I'm like, just, just start the conversation. Start, right. start a con make a comment. You know, most of the time I know you do this. I know Casey's really good at it. Adam, 
Like most of the time, if you make a comment, we do our best to comment back, right? Because that's what starts the conversation. Even if it's just something silly or, you know what I mean? Whatever, like that's how we get to know each other. And then after a couple of times of commenting and commenting back, sometimes I'll reach out and say, hey, you know, thanks for commenting on my post. I appreciate it. You know what I mean? Things like that. And then it takes the hard work off of you to even have to send me a message, right? Because we've already started that conversation. Yes. And so totally common for me to be like, let's connect, right? Like that's, yeah. that's totally, yes. And I, I need to get better about in my, my chance. Cause I have so many comments. It seems I like know, I yeah. everything, but Casey is a perfect example of like, what's, what to do right. <laughs> in that sense. And if you're not following him, do it. Cause he's hilarious too. Yes, so. he is. He is. Um, Yes, he's hilarious. I think that his friend requested or connection requested me happened after we connected on there, but said it'd be really awkward um, when you asked me to help you move your fridge. Um, <laughs> so let's just get this over with now. So you, I don't have just, any idea. I hope that he still has it. I don't have any idea what his first message was to me, but I know it was something silly like that. Like, <laughs> I know that it was something where I'm like, what? And yes. of course, like, of course I was going to comment back to it, you know, or connect back with him, but it was just, you know. Yes. And if in doubt, just tell somebody we appreciate them. And that's more than most people will do. That's more than most people will do. Absolutely. You can pull off a, a Casey Knight comment. So, <laughs> all right, Emily, uh, I wanted to say that Emily, she is a guru when it comes to unearthing talent. So she is the CEO of Refined Search Solutions. She helps provide talent nationwide. So if you're needing help and you want a true recruiter, that means finding the right talent, not just posting and praying. Emily is your girl. Okay. So thank you so much for being with me today. You are incredible and we will talk soon. Thanks, Lindsay. Thanks for listening to the Dream Job Hack podcast. If you want to have your own kick-ass resume, head over to bit.ly backslash five day resume and start the five day challenge to write a resume that gets you the interview. See you back here for the next episode.